Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Today I'm launching a new series of messages entitled, At All Costs. And my aim in this series is to show you that it's worth anything that it costs us in this life to invest in things that will affect affect eternity for someone else. A soul is worth it all. The salvation of those who are without hope of Christ is worth it all. Whatever it costs, if it costs our comfort and conveniences, if it costs our time and our resources, if it costs our energy and efforts, then so be it. It's worth it all. Because when we reach for the lost, we are reaching for the very heart of God. I actually had someone tell me one time, standing in this church, right over there, they said, you spend too much time preaching about reaching lost souls and not enough time ministering to us as graciously as I could I said it sounds to me like and I I, I trust that this is not what you're intending to say but it sounds dangerous to me like you're saying as long as I can satisfy you The rest of the world can just be damned to a godless eternity, and that's okay. I said, I know that's not your heart, but that is what it sounds like that you're conveying to me. But church, I want to tell you something today. This gospel must be shared at all costs. Because God loves people. Counting today in the next four weeks, four messages, they're going to be aimed at giving you four reasons why it is so important that the church must be evangelistically engaged in this generation. And with the next few words, I hope to do a couple of things. First, I want to encourage you today. If you're feeling some kind of way about your life this morning, I want to encourage you. That God loves you just the way you are. And second, I want to inspire you that if you've never surrendered your life to God and trusted Him for your salvation, counting yourself unworthy of His blessing in your life, I want to inspire you that God loves you and He is longing for a relationship with you. And I want to inspire you with the thought that you are significant in the sight of the creator of heaven and earth and that he desires a relationship with you. But above all, I want you to see the heart of the Father for those who are outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. There are so many things in this world that are tools in the hand of the adversary to make us feel insignificant. Yesterday's mistakes can convince us that somehow or another we have disqualified ourselves from the blessings of God. 
our own insecurities war in our minds and our emotions rage and try to convince us that we have no worth or no value our past hurts certainly try to give voice to the fact that you know if God really loved me and I was significant in his sight then some of the things that have happened to me would not have happened to me but in the Bible Jesus words and actions clearly illustrate for us that every single person is precious in the sight of God look at somebody right now look at them right now as sincerely as you can and say I am loved by the Almighty creator of the universe when Jesus walked on this earth you know this 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 idea that he loved everybody was actually one of the things that irritated people the most there were those who had in some sense had felt that they had arrived and they couldn't understand Jesus seeming intrigue with the outcasts of the world the disciples couldn't fully understand why Jesus needed to go through Samaria until they saw the effect of a single life being touched by the love of God. They, they had difficulty. You know, it had to be difficult to hang out with someone who ordered their life and conduct according to kingdom principles when they themselves had such carnal mindsets. I've got a feeling sometimes that adversely affects us as well. We need, we need a renewing of the mind. We need a renewing of the mind so that our perspective and our view of the world and life around us begins to reflect the heart of the Father. These, these difficulties that the disciples had, they were magnified when he not only conducted his own life, but he began to operate according to kingdom principles and those operations began to impact their earthly conveniences. The Pharisees never understood Jesus. Why he felt the need to eat with tax collectors and sinners. You remember the story of Zacchaeus? How many of you remember the story of Zacchaeus? Jesus is passing by one day and there's a tax collector up a tree. And I know there are some of you who have often wanted to see a tax collector up a tree in a different sense, but Jesus passes by and there's this tax collector in the tree and he stops and he says, get down from there. Life is about to change for you. You're, you're about to get a brand new future and a brand new destiny. Come down from there, Zacchaeus. It's a day to celebrate. It's a day to rejoice and be glad because salvation is coming to your house. Luke 19 says, in verse 7 says this, however, here's, here's this exchange between Jesus and this individual. And it says, but when they saw it, my prayer for Faith Assembly Church is that there not be any they's in this body. Because when they saw it, they complained. And they said, he is gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts and what they were saying, informed them that they had misunderstood his purpose in the world and said, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. 
And in Luke chapter 15, this, this entire chapter is devel- uh, illustri- uh, devoted to illustrating this fact that the heart of God beats for the single lost soul. And it's a similar setting to the story of Zacchaeus when there were those around who were looking on and with disdain and saying, why does Jesus interact with these people? And it says, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke these parables to them, saying, parable number one. It's three parables. We're not going to take the carriage ride through the city center this morning. We're going to take the flyover view and just get a, a, an overview of these, okay? Read them yourself when you get home. You'll be blessed even more than, than what I'm going to share with you this morning. But he says this. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one and search go after the one which is lost listen to this until he finds it a tenacious search a persistent search he's going to go after that one until he finds it and he's going to bring it back to the sheepfold again and when they get back to the sheepfold there's going to be rejoicing in the camp Parable number two. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully? How long? How long? Oh, we live in such a throwaway society, a wasteful generation. We don't understand that. We say, oh, it's just 10%. We, we'll, we'll, live, we'll live all right. It's okay. We waste more than that on Netflix. Don't, don't, just don't worry about it. But she sweeps the house and she searches carefully until she finds it. And when she's found it, she calls her friends and they partay. They rejoice for the one coin that's been found. Parable number three. One of my favorite in all of scripture so rich so deep so powerful it says and then he said a certain man had two sons if you don't recognize that intro that's the parable of the prodigal son again there's a lot of people who understand the concept of a prodigal son who don't understand the origin and where it comes from but it's found here in Luke chapter 15. And it's, it's the story of a young man who went to his father and said, Father, I want the inheritance that belongs to me. In other words, he went to his father and said, Father, you're as good as dead to me. Just give me what's mine and I'm out of here. And that son, the story goes on to tell how that son took his father's inheritance and he went to a far country and he squandered and he wasted the life that the father had given him on riotous women and harlots. Until one day he found himself in a hog pen eating slop with the hogs. And the word says, and he came to himself. 
In other words, the Holy Spirit began to deal with his heart and quicken him and reminded him of the life that was in his father's house. And he said, I will arise and go back to my father's house because even the servants in my father's house are living better than I am right now. I'll go back. If I can just be a servant in the father's house, I'm going to go back. But here's the amazing thing about it. When he went back, he didn't find that he had to go into his father's house and search for him. He didn't have any difficult, difficulty finding him because his father was waiting for him. With a gaze cast down that road, praying for that wayward son. And church, I began with a story. A real life illustration. And I'm telling you that too long our attitude and our posture has been the posture of the son that stayed at home and said, Father, why are you standing on the porch? Looking for the lost. Look at me. I'm here. And the truth of the matter, church, is that we, the body of Christ, ought to be sitting on the porch with the Father with a heavy heart and tears of anguish waiting and believing for the wayward son to come home. Now there's three things in particular. that are common in these parables. Number one is that nobody is insignificant or unimportant. If you remember the parable of the lost sheep, that one lost sheep represented 1%. And you may be here today and you may feel like the biggest nothing in the world, but I'm telling you, you are precious in the sight of God. You may be watching online today and you may not have been able to get up and come to the house of the Lord today because you feel like everybody's forgotten you and you are forsaken. But I'm here to tell you today that God has loved you with an everlasting love. But that one sheep was just 1%. Yet for the 1%, it says that the shepherd left the 99 and he went out and he searched diligently until it was found. And here's the beauty of it. The anguish and the heartache of imagining the elements to which the little lost lamb had been exposed, the abuse of the wild animals, the wolves, the lions. The shepherd went out and it didn't matter how badly he'd been abused or how tormented he'd been by the elements he was still valuable to the shepherd and even if he was torn to pieces by the animals the shepherd would have gathered him up and brought him home and they would have still rejoiced and they would have still celebrated 
the woman with the coins, that one coin was 10%. The father with the two sons, that two sons was 50%. And you say, well, pastor, that's it's half, but I'm telling you, if you've got two kids and one of them's having a problem, that one is the only one you've got right in the moment. So it's everything. So it doesn't matter if it's 1% of what you've got, if it's everything that you've got. God loves every piece of you. He loves that beggar that you passed on the street this morning on the way to church. He loves that cantankerous person that lives across the street from you, around the corner from you. He loves that, he loves that person that grinds your gears at work. The second thing we see is that nobody's too messed up. It didn't matter if the lions had wounded the little lamb or if he'd been abused by the elements. The shepherd wasn't coming back empty-handed. Y'all excuse me. didn't matter how much dust was on the coin it didn't matter if it had rolled up under the refrigerator covered caked in olive oil and coated in dust she was gonna find it she was gonna clean it up and she was gonna put it back in the purse because it hadn't lost its value just because of what it had been through listen Nobody's gone too far, wandered too long, wasted too much time. Regardless of how far you've wandered or what you've been through in this life, regardless of how many mistakes you've made, how insignificant you feel, the rest, how the rest of the world views you, or even what you think about yourself. If you can think of the worst version of yourself, I'm here today to tell you that God loves that too. Because the word says that God demonstrated his love for us. Not when we had it all together. Not when we had cleaned ourselves up. Not when we had found our way back home and got ourselves together. But God demonstrated his love towards us while that we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. He stretched his arms on Calvary and said, I love you. I see you where you're at, in your brokenness, in your shame, in your guilt, and I love you. And they all ended with celebration. Church, I'm telling you, there's nothing that should excite us, fire us up anymore. We, we can come into this place, we can celebrate burning a mortgage note, we can celebrate a missions offering, we can celebrate these kids and I do everything that they've done, but there should be nothing that stirs us, moves us, excites us anymore than to be seeing lost people being found and souls being saved and people being baptized and, be, and making a declaration and saying, I was lost but now I'm found. Oh, that we lived on the porch with the Father 
with a longing gaze down the road praying and believing for the return of the prodigals in this world around us as much as we rejoice in this love for ourselves though we need to understand that God views people in the same lens all of them those who disagree with you politically ideologically God loves them those who disagree with you theologically God loves them those who antagonize you God loves them those who irritate you God loves them of the next several weeks we're going to be challenging you to be Christ to them not to be the belligerent good brother who'd hung around the house and done everything right and feels like you're getting to heaven on your own merit but to be somebody that understands there but by the grace of God go I and if I owe this world anything it's not my allegiance but it's to share the love of Christ with them to be compelled by the love of Christ to reach out to sacrifice the conveniences of life to take an extra five minutes to minister the love of God to someone who's hurting and to offer to pray and to offer to stand in the gap for them and to lead them to the throne of grace it's a sacrifice you ever notice you encounter the people who need a word the most <laughs> when you have the least amount of time to stand there and give it to them listen you are valuable but so is your neighbor it may cost you but at all costs this gospel of hope must be shared because God loves people and you say well pastor where is the coming of the Lord for since the time of his departure and the time of our fathers things have continued as they've always been seed time and harvest sowing and reaping season after season year after year decade after decade century after century And I say to you today that God is not slack concerning his promises. But he's not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. And I'm here today to tell you. I do believe that God wants to commission people to go to the foreign fields. I believe that with all my heart. We need to support that. We need to pray for those people. And, and we need to do everything we can to, to lift them up. I believe that God calls pastors and God calls evangelists. And, and, and all the ministry gifts of the church, I believe that God calls and anoints all those things. 
but I believe in this generation like never before. God is calling not the clergy, but the laity, the people of God, to be intentional about the spread of the gospel, to understand that it was on the day of Pentecost that the Spirit of God began to move in a new and dynamic way and filled his people for a purpose that they would be witnesses for him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I'm telling you, wherever you're going tomorrow, you can insert that name and that geography, that location in that verse, and it's relevant for you. You are God's anointed there. Invite people. Say, Pastor, I don't, I don't know the words to say. That's okay. Repeat after me. Would you like to come to church with me? That's easy enough, right? I attend a 9 o'clock service. If that's too early, I'd be willing to come to the 1045. I'll save you a seat. Come a few minutes early, we'll have a cup of coffee, meet a few new people. You're an introvert? Oh, come five minutes after the service has started like the rest of the church. I'm sorry. Would you stand? Father, we love you. As Pastor Lisa referenced earlier, we don't love you with the merit of the son who stayed home. We love you on the basis that is the same as the son who was accepted after wandering in the wilderness of life. We love you because you first loved us. Lord, let the same love that you have shown us characterize our lives in dealing with the world around us. God, I stand here today and I declare that the weeks and the months and the years that lie ahead for this church will be weeks and months and years of testimony of lost souls being saved. I speak prophetically that we are entering into a season of harvest. I declare it in the name of Jesus. I declare it in the name of Jesus. I declare an anointing for evangelism over the life of this body. I declare an unction of the Holy Ghost that will compel us to reach out to our neighbors and our friends and our loved ones and declare the goodness of God to not condemn but to love and to lift up. I declare it. And Lord, I know that we're going to be celebrating around a baptistry, giving praise and glory and honor for the lost sheep that has been found 
for the coin that has been redeemed, for the son that has come home. And God, we give you praise in advance right now in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, would you just clap your hands and give the Lord praise in this place right now? I don't want to end this service. We've got to go. But I don't want to end this service without giving an opportunity. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this place right now and you'd say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because up until now, I've counted myself unworthy of the blessing of God in my life. But in this moment, I know that the Spirit of the Lord is calling me to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I want to make him my Savior today. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up wherever you are? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we bless you today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the joy of your presence that we've known in this place today. Fill us continually to overflowing as we walk through this week and we seek you. God, appoint us with divine opportunity that we might share your love with others because your gospel needs to be spread at all costs. God, give us the wherewithal, the boldness, the tenacity to go out after those that are lost until they're found. Bless and keep each one, I pray, in the strong name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.